This morning's uh, scripture is taken from Second Samuel chapter seven, verses twenty-two to twenty-six. Second Samuel chapter seven, twenty-two to twenty-six. Verse twenty-two: How great you are, O Sovereign Lord! There is no one like you. We have never even heard of another god like you. What other nation on earth is like your people, Israel? What other nation, O、oh、God, have you redeemed from slavery, to be your own people? You made a great name for yourself when you redeemed your people from Egypt. You performed awesome miracles, drove out the nations and gods that stood in their way. Verse twenty-four: You made Israel your very own people forever, and you, O、oh、Lord, became their God. And now, O、oh、Lord God, I am your servant. Do as you have promised concerning me and my family. Confirmed it as a promise that will last forever. And may your name be honored forever, so that everyone will say, "The Lord of heaven's armies is God over Israel." And may the house of your servant David continue before you forever. The word of the Lord. Thank you, Ronnie. Good morning, everyone. Wow, all the way to the back. It's minus twenty-nine degrees out there, friends. What a bunch of hardy Canadians! This is awesome. If you're、uh, new to Edmonton, new to Canada in the last year, this is your first winter. <laughs> Welcome. This is Canada. This is us. Well, good to be here. Glad Mark can be here this morning.、Uh, she is typically preparing、uh, lunch over at Southwest、uh, during about this time, but I'm glad that she could be with us this morning. I'm、uh, usually fairly linear in my thinking,、uh, but today I may veer off course a little bit. There's a verse that's going to come up、uh, on the screen, and、uh, I'd like you to say it with me. And may your name be honored forever, so that everyone will say, "The Lord of Heaven's armies is God over Israel." And may the house of your servant David continue before you forever. I've lifted this verse、um, in Second Samuel chapter seven,、uh, but if you were to examine the context, you would see that. David is trying to hear from God, and、uh, with respect to where their nation is of Israel is going, and he's thinking about the fact that he is living in a very nice house, but there isn't a temple, and、uh, how will this get turned around? We need a temple in which to worship. He says, "I'm living in a beautiful cedar palace." But the ark of God is out there in a tent. Second Samuel chapter seven verse two. David is pondering next steps. He's saying, "May the work of God in our nation continue forward. Yes, to be continued, to be continued." And that's my very simple message this morning.、Uh, we're kind of deviating from、uh, the study of James. Uh, we have a guest speaker over at Southwest today, and so we're just 
deviating this Sunday, and next week we'll come back to James. But to be continued, that's the message I have for you today. Uh, Whatever you have been doing, to be continued. Your dreams and your hopes for the future, to be continued. Now, I'm quite sure that you believe this. Every individual has a purpose for living. Every one of us. No one that God brings to life on this earth is insignificant. The challenge and the tragedy of all tragedies is that we should live and die uh, never having found that purpose, that special God-ordained reason for making a difference where we live, for serving our generation. So whatever it is that God keeps calling you towards, you are to discover that and you're to carry it out. And it's true for all of us, whatever stage of life that we're at. Uh, If you're a teenager, and maybe I would say maybe an older teenager for sure, your mind uh, these days is really thinking about the future, how you can find your direction in life. And I, I hope you're also asking, what might God be directing me toward as I look at my future? Where am I going? And if you're in your 20s, you no doubt are really trying to figure out your mission, your life mission. What is my contribution? Where can I make a difference? And some of you are saying, okay, then that really makes a difference in terms of my preparation, how I'm going to prepare, where I'm going, my education. When I finished an undergraduate degree in history, I knew that that was just a a stepping stone to something else. What do you do with an undergraduate degree in history? Then I worked for General Motors Finance for a year and a bit. And while I loved the business experience, I knew it was another preparation step. But you're always taking one step at a time. And you're always asking God, well, what's next? What's next? And like a scroll, you can't see it all. You just see a little bit. But the farther along you go, you see a little bit more. It's kind of like an automatic paper towel dispenser. You know, you just put your hand in front, and another little piece of paper comes out, and you take that. And God is directing you, and it's never the big picture all laid out. It's just step by step, and it's lots of waiting, and it's lots of trusting, And it's lots of wondering, am I on the right track? And then it's lots of obedience. And then it's do it again. And do it again. And do it again. And that dispenser pops out another little piece for your life. Just when you need it. And if you're in your 30s, well, you're settling in. You're making adjustments and tweaks. And the same is true in your 40s and your 50s. And a lot of people make some very significant turns in these years as they hear God speaking to them, and maybe the focus of their lives becomes more clear. It's like uh, a lot of things come into focus for us in those years. ah, And sometimes it takes us a long time to see the obvious. And then the dispenser spits out another life towel, and we say, ah. 
My goodness, how did I miss that? What have I been doing? What have I been thinking? And so there's a readjustment, there's a tweaking. So it's okay. Just take out the next sheet, work with it, see where God leads you, and it's his instruction guide for your, for your next steps. And then comes the senior years. Uh, and you know, seniors never retire in the kingdom. They never retire. That's just a rule. They don't retire. There's always a great work to be done. We have seniors here this morning. They love the Lord, and they're still serving. For a long time in this church, we didn't have any seniors in those very early years. It was just basically a few of us in those early days, and none of us would admit that we were over 39. And slowly the gray hairs have come, and we've had to push it up to 49, and holding, we say, and we're just holding. But you know, God gave us 11 very special people to start TCC uh, 16 years ago. We had a grand total of 11 people who met in a home on Monday evenings, and we prayed, and we asked God if he wanted a church to be birthed. And I think they're going to appear on the screen. Ah, there they are. Now, just take a look at that. Some of you who have been around for a while, there was Bob and Bell Teske. Spot them. Um, I'm looking at the back one, and it's a little more difficult for me. Uh, Rudy and Brenda Radke, Bob and Beth Humphreys, Sid and Faith Page, Eunice Sloan, who's not pictured, and then there's Marg, and then there's myself. And don't we look 39? Or maybe 49. And God popped out another towel out of his dispenser, uh, of his grace, and he gave us the green light to do something meaningful in his kingdom. I'm so grateful for their courage and their faith and their spirit of adventure. They laid a great foundation. And they worked and they prayed and they gave financially because they understood that every person has a purpose for living. God, God put us all here to make a difference in our generation. You can take it off. Remember us. <laughs> as the younger said. A few years ago, a wonderful uh, lady, 91 years old, wanted me to come and visit her in the hospital. And she only had a very short time to live on this planet. And she, but we talked about her life. And she was eager to talk about her passing. And she was so excited to meet Jesus. Uh, she really was. She was absolutely ready to go. She was longing to go home. And sometimes when you're in that state, it's like, Lord, just take me home. Why do I need to linger another week, another month? Just let me go home. And she asked me if I would do her funeral service. And, of course, I said yes. When I'm asked to do a memorial service, my starting point is to see what I know about that person that has died. What is the theme of their life? And I had a very clear sense from God where I should head in the message in this memorial service. And I've never told anyone before what I'm going to say at their funeral, but in this case, I thought I would tell her because I knew. I said, I want to characterize your life as purposeful. 
And I want to speak on the theme of living our days with intentionality, with purposeful intentionality. Because I see that you've lived that way. Well, she said, I haven't cried actually very much during these days of uh, getting ready to go home, but that makes me cry. And she uh, had done a very good job with the. Uh, so when the twilight years came and her life was ending, she could be satisfied that she had served God with her life. So just to help us along with that trajectory in life, I want us to think about what God said to David and listen to these words. He said, I took you from tending sheep in the pasture and I selected you to be the leader of my people Israel. I've been with you wherever you have gone and I've destroyed all of your enemies before your eyes. I will give you rest from all of your enemies for when you die and are buried with your ancestors, I will raise up one of your descendants, your own offspring, and I will make his kingdom strong. Now that was the message of God to David, 2 Samuel 7, verse 8. How do you have a life that impacts this generation? What does it look like? Where do I begin? Every life is different, of course. And we will all make our unique contributions by the grace of God. According to how God has shaped us, how he has fueled us with, fueled us with kingdom passions, And what I would like us to see this morning, just for a few minutes, is that there are some things that we have in common. Uh, Just maybe God spits out little towels from the sovereign dispensing machine, and they have some similarity. I think they do. God is continually shaping us. Number one, cultivating a heart for God. Cultivating a heart for God. I have become good friends with my cardiologist because he found out years ago that I had some blockage in my vessels. And uh, he and his surgeon friend uh, got it unblocked. We uh, We have a heavenly father who also knows our hearts. And he sees the blockages as well. He knows where our hearts are open and he knows where our hearts are closed. And we spend a lifetime trying to keep the heart from getting blocked with the stuff that keeps us from our real purpose in life. There are a thousand and one blockers, but they come down to just a few few things. Pride, independence, and the desire to please self. You know, interesting how... The word heart has so many different meanings. We say somebody's good at heart, or they have a good heart, or we we learn things by heart, or we get into things with heart and soul. We have so many different uses of it. And when you meet God, and you begin a new journey of faith through inviting Jesus Christ to take control of your heart, then a whole new world opens up to you. And God wants to cultivate our hearts as we follow him. That's his mission in us, to cultivate our hearts, to, to, to look more like his heart. And it's also the first step in preparing us to impact our generation. David was born about 10 years after Saul became king. He was born into a generation 
that was experiencing a great deal of turbulence. The people of Israel were drifting again, and their king, King Saul, was also drifting. That once humble king was no longer humble. And that's where David comes in. And, and Samuel says to King Saul, Your kingdom shall not endure. The Lord has sought out for himself a man after his own, own heart. And those, those become the defining words to David, a man after God's heart. But that's the call of God for each of us today. A woman after God's heart. A man after God's heart. A young person after God's heart. That's our generation. That's what's relevant for us today. We live in challenging times. I mean, we just watch the news every night and we just can, can kind of keep track of, of, of how our hearts uh, are, are on edge as we watch the news. And we get an update every day. It's an edgy world. Building a wall on the U.S.-Mexico border. I mean, it really adds to our historical wall collections through the years. The Great Wall of China, the, the Berlin Wall, and now the controversy of the Mexican Wall. And, and what it, that is doing to the United States. We live in challenging times and trying to tiptoe through our diplomacy with China these days so that we get it right and, and it doesn't escalate into something bigger. Trying to get our oil to market. And then a new abortion law that just was passed a couple of weeks ago, New York State, that allows an abortion right up until the day the child is born. Incredible. Our world is on edge. And frankly, it always will be. It always will be. There will always be a crisis in the world and often in our lives. And it was equally true in David's time. There was crisis all around. Israel was struggling to survive the constant threats of, of her enemies. And nothing has changed for the century. However, uh, this sense of crisis and unpredictability of the times we live in can really present an opportunity to us today. There's a Greek word called kairos, and it means crisis or opportunity. The crisis can be the opportunity, a time in which we're challenged not just to survive in our journey with God, but, but to thrive as well. So God needed someone to lead his people who had the Father's heart. So he called David, and he calls us. And God invites every one of us to a cause that's greater than ourselves, that is impacting our generation today. It's 2019. It's February. It's a new day. It's a changing world. It's a culture that is undergoing seismic turbulence, it's a world that has lost its way, and here we are, and here you are. It's an opportunity. And God has us on the scene. He has you on the scene. He has you on your block, in your, your community. He has you in your school. He has you in, in your office. He has you at your business. He has you in the YMCA or wherever you work out. And for us in this church a church that is longing to impact our generation. We are incredibly blessed to be here. 
in the center of town. Like years ago, in the center of town, it's inspiring to be together as a body, continuing to hear our call to this community and mindful that we're about our Father's heart. And that's why we're here. That's the only reason we're here. We're about our Father's heart. And as you have the Father's heart, we pray. We pray. Uh, Pastor Norb just announced there's a prayer summit coming up uh, a week from today, February the 10th in the evening. We pray. We pray together corporately because there are some things that God will do as we pray corporately that he may not do if we only pray alone. So that's why we pray together. He has always called his church to corporate prayer. And just like modern warfare, the battle is always won in the air first. And then it's won on the ground. The military strategists send in the air force first. And they soften everything up. And then they send in the army. And God is calling us these days to pray. To win the battle in the air. And then see our instructions for living it out on the ground. Alpha starts tomorrow evening. What an opportunity to be praying and winning the war in the heavenlies, but practically sharing the beautiful news of Jesus Christ on the ground. So I I echo what Pastor Norb said. Pray for someone in your sphere of influence and ask the Lord for his leading to invite and to come with you and and to, to start that journey afresh with Jesus Christ. So we're also about having the Father's heart having hearts that follow the heart of God. And you might get the idea as you read this, oh, David, I could never live up to him. He's such a superman. No, actually he wasn't. He wasn't. We look up to him, but he was very human. He made lots of mistakes. He was far from perfect. But what did God see in his life that he loved? Ah, the first thing, that he had a sensitive heart. He was always cultivating a sensitive heart. He was tuned into God. And somehow David just really connected with God. He came to value God in his life and the relationship became natural and meaningful for him. And perhaps that's a place for all of us to start cultivating our hearts for God. Sensitivity. May our hearts be at home uh, with God. Everything is yours, God. I want my life to be natural and genuine as I walk with you. I don't want to compartmentalize that that's, this is Sunday and so that's God's day, but, but the, the real week is, is mine alone to live as I please. So whatever age or stage, maybe it's a good day to say again, God be at home in my life every day. Thirdly, cultivating humility. It's quite a story, isn't it, of God being on a surveillance mission in the home of Jesse. And God rejected all of these other sons, young men that looked like they might fit the bill, tall, dark, and handsome, and they might be the potential next king. But in reality, God chose the young man that didn't even get called to the meeting. And David is out in the field tending the sheep. And the Lord saw in David a heart that was completely his. And the boy was faithfully keeping his father's sheep. And God looked into his heart and he saw humility. He saw a servant's heart. And I think, friends, if we want to impact our, our generation, 
It starts with humility. For our generation, Lord, we don't stand above our generation. We know it's confused and has lost its way, but we don't condemn it. We don't think we're better than our generation. We don't stand under it. It's filled with sadness and tragedy and distortions of God's intent. But we come alongside of our generation to serve this generation. How can I serve my generation? How can I serve my neighbor? How can I serve my family? How, what do we see as TCC that we need to do to become servants of this community? How do we serve this community? And we've been working at that for 16 years. And God looked at David out in the fields and the foothills surrounding Bethlehem, keeping his father's sheep, faithfully doing his job, and God passes his approval on this young man. He said, that's the man that I'm going to choose. How did God help cultivate David's heart? Uh, first of all, he put him in a place of solitude. He put him in a place of solitude. Uh, he had the perfect job out in a lonely field, caring for his sheep. And David needed to learn life's major lessons all alone before he could be trusted with responsibilities in public. There's something about solitude that is good for all of us. Usually we have this incredible noise all around us. And solitude is the place where we begin to learn to hear the voice of God in a more dear and special way. Can you find a place? Can you find a way to carve out some solitude in your life? Secondly, he put him in a place of obscurity. Sometimes God trains us when we're out of the limelight so we can handle the limelight should it ever come to us. Men and women of God, servant leaders in the making, are often in the unknown places. They are today Around the world, they are unseen, they are unappreciated, they are unapplauded, they're in the marketplace, and no one ever recognizes all that they're doing and how they contribute and how they serve, but they're faithful servants. They're on the mission field, but they're faithful servants, and they're in obscure places. Sometimes we wonder, what is God doing in our world? I mean, what is He doing in my life? I don't seem to be getting anywhere. Sometimes he's just training. He's just training us. He's developing patience. He's teaching you to wait on him. And he may have reasons that you would have never thought of. But he's teaching you, be patient. And thirdly, he put him in a place of routine. This is often where we learn to be men and women who seek after God's heart. There aren't a lot of shiny buttons to admire. It's just the, simply the same old, same old, same old, but we're faithful in the same old. And that was David's life. He was faithful in what was on his plate day after day, looking after the, the same old sheep, but being faithful to do it. Uh, so if God has you uh, in, in, in a menial, insignificant, routine uneventful, unexciting, daily grind of life. Remember, it might be extremely valuable. It might be extremely valuable. Uh, you, are, you are receiving his training. You are learning to be faithful 
And God trains us through being faithful. Just constant, endless hours of tired routine as you learn to be a man or woman of God. With nobody else around. When nobody else notices. And maybe when nobody else even cares. Maybe you're in a place of routine right now. I would just say stay faithful. Stay open. Stay trusting God for this season of your life. Friends, keep doing what you're doing. You'll have a new leader. Uh, a good and kind leader who will love you and encourage you and the same staff that will be part of your lives to continue the good work that God is doing. So to be continued, this church with a heart that seeks after God, to be continued, this church that serves humbly and graciously in the community, to be continued, a praying people with humble hearts who hear God and walk with Him, to be continued, people after God's own heart. So nothing changes working together to touch lives in the larger communities. Our new lead pastor here at TCC and our old pastor, careful with the word old, asking God for wisdom to raise up a new church for his honor and glory. We need to keep planting churches. Church planting has taken a back seat in the United States and Canada. It's time to say, while there may be churches declining and closing, this must not be so among us. There's a need for new churches. So to be continued, the work of God in this community and the next community to the glory of God. So God bless you as you continue on.